Well, good evening, church. Good evening and Merry Christmas. Uh, what a joy it is to gather again tonight in this place and sing some of these incredible songs about Christmas and about Jesus Christ our Lord. I, I don't know about you, but I really do love this time of year. It's one of my favorite times of year. And I remember being a kid, I absolutely loved this time of year. Christmas was always a time filled with hope and expectation, and you can't wait till Christmas to open the presents and see what's really under the tree. But do you know, you know what the worst day of the year is when you're a kid? Have you ever thought about this? Some of you know what I'm talking about. The worst day of the year when you're a kid is the day after Christmas, because at some point, the day after Christmas, you realize, oh no, oh wait, I've got to wait 364 more days until Christmas comes around again. And that just feels like torture because waiting is hard and waiting is slow and waiting on Christmas. It's one, of the, it's one of the hardest things we do. In fact, we even say things when things are taking too long. We say things like, man, this is, this is slow as Christmas, right? It just is taking way too long. We, we don't like to wait. We don't like, we don't like it when things are slow. We don't like it when things take time to develop. We, waiting is hard. And waiting on Christmas is one of the hardest things uh, we do. What kind, of, uh, what kind of traditions do you have in your family? I'm sure at Christmas it's a time of tradition. In our family, one of, one of the things that I, I really like that we do is we do this Christmas morning and then we do this whenever we gather with family, uh, when we travel to see them for Christmas too. But uh, whenever it's time for presents, we, we sort of anoint and appoint one person to be Santa and they put on like the Santa hat, the whole deal, you know. And it's their job to then go to the tree and pass out the presents. So everybody is sitting in the room, you know, in a circle. And everybody has their stack of presents, that, you know, when, when the tree is finally emptied. And, and then we just, you know, take turns going one at a time around the circle to, to unwrap the gifts. And, uh, and, and it's fun because doing it that way, you can kind of see what each person gets. You can watch their face when they open the gift that you gave them. And, and you can see the, the excitement or maybe disappointment, hopefully excitement, uh, when they open that gift. And it's always a lot of fun. Uh, except when you go travel and you're with family and you're with, you know, aunts and uncles. And, and th there's always that one person, right? You're going around the circle. Everybody's ripping in their gifts, trying to see what they get. And they're excited to open it and see it. And, and everybody's, you know, laughing and playing and talking, having a good time. And, and then you finally get to that one person. And for some ungodly reason, they want to save the wrapping paper. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like they're doing like this meticulous thing where they're trying to save the bow and make sure that we got the bow off to the side. It wasn't ripped or torn or shredded. And then the paper is so pretty. We got we to gotta keep this for next year. Who uses paper? I don't know. But they take forever and it's killing you, right? Because you want your turn to open your gifts. Waiting is hard. So can you imagine what it would have been like in the days of Mary and Joseph? When at that point, they say it had been some 400 years since anyone had heard a word from God or heard a word from a prophet of God. So it wasn't waiting 364 days for Christmas to come around again. It was waiting, it wasn't even waiting 10 years or 20 years. It was waiting a generation and then another generation and then another generation. And, and waiting, waiting is hard. Waiting when the world around you is filled with darkness is hard. Waiting and holding on to hope when you're not sure you can hold on any longer is hard. But waiting, I believe this is true, waiting is such fertile ground for hope. And waiting, especially at Christmas, is 
a time filled with hope and filled with expectation. And you see that in the story, the Christmas story, according to Luke. In Luke chapter 1, verse 26, this is the story we have. Luke says it was in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her. For you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever, and his kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how? How, how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. And then the angel said this, For nothing is impossible with God. So the angel comes to Mary and tells Mary, You're going to conceive a child. The Holy Spirit is going to to overshadow you, and you're going to become pregnant. Pregnant with a child, yes, but pregnant with so much more. Pregnant with hope. And you know this, it didn't happen overnight. It takes nine months for a baby to develop and then to, you know, finally be born when things all go, you know, according to plan. It takes time. Pregnancy takes time, and it's filled with expectation, and it's filled with hope. Uh, Alicia and I, as most of you know this, some of you don't, but we have, we have you know, three children. And I remember every time Alicia was pregnant, uh, the whole thing, all, all nine months, every time. You know, first, you know, comes like, you know, the pregnancy weight, and then there's the weird cravings, and then your back starts to hurt, and then you're tired all the time. And, and Alicia had side effects too. It was just, um, you know, it's filled with all of that waiting. It took, it took you a little long right there, but that's all right. It's filled with waiting, and it's filled with expectation, and the waiting is hard, and it takes time. But something happens over time. Something amazing happens over time. And so what I want to ask you to think about tonight is this. Would you be willing to be committed to the long, slow work of God in your life? Would you be willing to stay committed, to be committed to the long, slow work of God in your life? When I was a kid going to church, uh, growing up in church, we used to sing a song. You may know this song. The lyrics go something like this, if I remember correctly. Zach could tell us. He's still working on me to make me what I need to be. Remember the song? It took him just a week to make the sun, moon, and the stars. The sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving, 
and patient he must be because he's still working on me. You see, I think what happens for a lot of us is we, we want God to work quickly. We, we want to pray and we want to see those answers to those prayers right away. We want to we worship and we want to, every time we want to feel like God is, is just so close, we can, we can touch him. We, we want to have experiences with God where just, we just feel him and, and, and our lives are, are filled with his presence and we, they're holy watershed moments in our lives. And sometimes those happen, but more often than not, God has committed to you. To be at work in your life for the long haul. And so what happens more often than not is God takes his time with you. And he's still working on you. And it takes time for him to make you what he wants you to be. And what I want to encourage us tonight, especially in this season of Advent, in this season of of waiting, in this season of, of, of expectant hope, hope filled expectation. What I want to encourage us and what I want to encourage you to do is to stay committed. Stay committed to, to reading the word of God. Stay committed to worship. Stay committed to prayer. Stay committed to, to service. Stay committed to generosity. Stay committed to, to every spiritual blessing and every spiritual discipline. Those are the tools that God uses in your life and in my life to shape us, to make us and remake us, to transform us day by day over time to make us what he wants us to be. And it takes time. It takes time. But your life is pregnant with hope. And God is working in your life to make you what he wants you to be. And this is the challenge for you tonight. To stay committed to the long slow work of God in your life. To stay committed to the long, slow work of God in your life. And see what God does, not in a day, not in a week, not in the next year. But see what God does when you give him time to work out his plans and his purposes in your life. And you may think, You don't understand. My life is impossible. My situation is impossible. My circumstance is impossible. My family is impossible. It just seems impossible that God could do anything with me or in me or for me or or with what I have or with what's going on in my world. If you think it's impossible, just ask Mary. And I think she would tell you that waiting on God and waiting with a God for whom Nothing is impossible. It's a pretty good place to be. Church, if you would, let's, let's stand together. Tonight, we're going to do something we do every year. And I've already heard some of you say it's, it's one of your favorite things we do every year. It's one of mine too. We're going to take our candles and we're going to light them. Uh, if you don't have a candle, I know we ran out earlier. We've got maybe a couple of kids walking around the room, some of our students that have extra candles. And if you just flag one of them down... Uh, they'll, they'll be happy to, uh, to give you a candle. They'll be coming around in just a moment with those. I can tell you, it would be, it'd be a lot quicker, wouldn't it, if we just turned on the lights? We could do that. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be really cool to say, hey, just take out your, your cell phone and turn on your flashlight up. It'd be super quick and super fun. We could see the room light up. The reason we love this moment is because it takes a moment. We've got a few people stationed around that they've got lighters and they'll start with their candle and then they'll pass their flame 
the person next to them and they'll light their candle. Then you'll light the candle next to you. And what we're going to see in this room is candle by candle, person by person, life by life, section by section, the room will begin to be lit. And what's going to happen in this room is we'll see the light of Christ fill this room as we raise our voices in worship. So we're going to dim the lights, and I want to ask you to light your candles. When your candle is lit, lift your candle and raise your voice. And let's worship Jesus Christ, our light, our hope, our Lord. Let's sing.